So I was a, a grateful chiropractor for eight months solid. And then I came home that summer and worked at the chiropractic office and I just missed it. It was just one of those things where you just have this inner knowing. I think we're, as a human beings, we were pretty talented and there's multiple things we could do with our lives. But I think if you really can discern and listen to your heart beats and what really gives you joy and what really gave me joy was the field of chiropractic and really taking care of patients. In a corporate world where all employees have great leaders with no egos that create fun cultures where people can do their best work, the employees and companies thrive while doing great things for the customers, themselves, and each other. Well, we know that rarely happens. I'm Jeff Palaccio. I have been a leader for over 40 years for every t-shirt size company from small 16 employees to extra large over 1 million. Please join me while I interview outstanding leaders that will share stories of great leadership and not so great. It will help you become a better leader while poking fun at all the crazy shit that happens in corporate America. Hi. I'm Joe Deshawn, and welcome to The Corporate Couch with Jeff Palaccio. Today, Jeff is interviewing Dr. Michelle Robin. Dr. Robin is the founder of Small Changes Big Shifts, Big Shifts Foundation, and the Kansas City Wellness Consortium. She is also a visionary for the well-being of many generations. After opening her chiropractic practice in Kansas City over 30 years ago, She's become a national influence and memorable leader in the wellness industry. She has spent the majority of her career helping people make small changes that ultimately create the biggest shifts in their well-being. As a chiropractor, author, teacher, holistic healer, podcast host, unshakable optimist, international speaker, and a passionate advocate for generational change, Michelle has left an impression on thousands of lives by helping them find their unique path to wellness and enrich their purpose in life. Let's listen as Jeff talks to Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jeff. Always good to hang out with you. Oh, God, I can't wait. I, I'm very excited to talk to you today. Uh, I went back in my archives and uh, we met in November of 2016 after a mutual friend, uh, Alana Mueller, who actually I'm interviewing tomorrow uh, for the podcast, uh, introduced us. So you've been uh, just a wonderful uh, mentor to me. And uh, all the things you do for Kansas City is and, and nationally is just uh, phenomenal. And I can't wait to uh, unravel everything uh, for our guests and uh tell them all the great things you do. Well, love Alana. Who does not love Alana? You know, I have to tell you how I remember her name because I'd always mess it up. She goes, you know, it's Alana like banana. So love Alana and um, mentor is a really strong word, but I think just uh, human beings trying to have the best experience we can on the short thing and the short life we get to have. Yeah, hundred percent. I had Scott Havens on the, on the podcast and he, what I love what he said, he goes, you know, everybody says you need a mentor, you need a mentor. And Scott's philosophy is, you know, I have a thousand mentors, you know, cause you learn from, you know, almost you can learn from everyone, right? Everyone's your mm-hmm. teacher. Um, yeah. So I like to start off the podcast with a, um, just to lighten, lighten the mood up. So we've been in the, the pandemic for now almost three years 
And we've now learned to live uh, via Zoom uh, in, in a lot of different ways. So what's the craziest attire you've seen somebody wear on a Zoom call, Michelle? Oh, gosh, that is a great question. Um, you know, I don't think I really see much craziness. You know, you never know what people have on their bodies, but I've not seen anything that is really inappropriate. Uh, Jeff, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that um, I don't have any great stories for you there, but I, 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 I've heard about some. Well, it's because you have doctor in front of your name. If they probably people, you know, are more uh, polished, I guess. So, uh, well, I want to, I want to, I want to turn it back to you. What, what have you seen? <laughs> uh, I, th- I th- the craziest thing I, when I was, um, uh, I won't say the company, um, uh, but, um, we had a, a business partner and the person who headed up our account, used to show up like right after a workout, like, and I'm talking like, let's say that the Zoom call was at 10 a.m. I'm talking about the, the workout probably ended at 9.59 a.m. And it was like, you know, tank top, sweating, red face. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm all for uh, health and wellness and uh, I know you are, but I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> Uh, in terms of that, in terms of professionalism, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, that that is, that is a little interesting. But you know, you know, on our thing, I always tell my patients, you come in your pajamas if you want, as long as you get here and take care of yourself, um, I'm good with that. So, but I, I hear what you're saying as far as just to, we've all gotten a little bit lax would probably be the word I would use. So, and I did do a, um, I rolled out a curriculum on Zoom uh, January of 21 to teach recent college graduates how to get a job. And they actually sometimes would show up on the Zoom call, laying in bed with the laptop, <laughs> basically on their lap. And they did have, you know, not pajamas on, but yeah, they were in bed. So there you go, two stories. But enough about my uh, stuff. So um, so the, the podcast is called The Corporate Couch. So I'd like to uh, talk about, uh, not that we're going to get into a, a counseling uh, session, but when you were really young, Michelle, what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, gosh, you know, really young is a strong word. I, I, can't, I can't go too far back. But you know what, at the age of 16, I wanted to be a chiropractor. I had my own healing journey. And and I wanted to help people feel the way this family made me feel. And um, we say that people have four letters on their forehead, MMFI, make me feel important. So it was more about the feeling, not um, what I wanted to be. You know, I think, I think you kind of aspire. And I didn't really have the family where you talked about future plans much. Not, not that I recall. How about that? Yeah. And so yeah, let's uh, dig into that a little bit because uh, I've, I've heard your story uh, about you know how you got into chiropractic and and the passion around. So you grew up in uh, Parsons, Kansas, and uh, mm-hmm. what's the uh, population of uh, Parsons? It probably hasn't changed that much since you grew up there. Well, it's actually depleted. Yeah, it was probably about ten thousand when I went to high school there. I, I moved there in sixth grade, so I kind of moved around a lot before that. So about ten thousand, but it's definitely um, like a lot of small towns. It's been depleted some over the last uh, you know couple decades. Yeah, so to have a chiropractor back in, uh, you know, when you were 15 in a town of 10,000, like, like that is uh, pretty progressive. Um, you know, how do you think that happened? 
about having me getting to go to a chiropractor, but that there was a chiropractor in the town. No, that there was a chiropractor in a, you know, Kansas uh, town of 10,000 people. Yeah, there's actually two chiropractors, by the way. And, and is oddly enough, his son's a friend of mine, and he's a dentist in Kansas City, um, Dr. Chris Bruce. So he's a, just a wonderful human being. Um, you know, it's interesting when you think about chiropractors, only about 50,000 chiropractors around the world. And we had two in a small town, Parsons, Kansas, and, which is in southeast Kansas by Pittsburgh, Kansas. And so when you think about it, um, I actually just think it's part of my destiny, Jeff, because oddly enough, when I was younger, when we lived in California, one of our neighbors was a chiropractor. I don't remember much about him, except that there was a chiropractor and when I was a younger person that was uh, kind of in our circle of influence, my parents' circle of influence. Um, I just think that the universe was kind of planting seed uh, in my heart about who I was going to grow up and be. Right. There, there are no coincidences, correct? Well, that's what the, that, what is it, James, what's his last name that wrote the Celestine Prophecy says, right. you know? Yeah, 100%. So um, you grew up, grew up in a small uh, Kansas uh, town, and you decide at 16, uh, after a sports injury, you see a chiropractor, don't remember too much about the actual experience, but just how it made you feel. And then you say, I'm going to become a chiropractor. And that's you enroll in college. And that's your, your journey at this point. <laughs> well, I wish it was that easy. Well, I enrolled in junior college. So I got a chance to play uh, two years of basketball in Lebec County. Um, um, no, I was not that great, but I had a great attitude, which you probably uh, are not surprised about that. And I was a good hustler. And so um, I took chemistry. My, my uh, birth certificate father died and he was military. So Jeff, I got benefits to go to college. And so um, I went straight from my graduating into a summer program and um, took uh, chemistry, entered a chemistry of Dr. John Usera. And he said, Michelle, you know, you're not going to be a chiropractor. Um, you are not very smart when it comes to chemistry. And he was right. And um, he's right about one thing. I was very smart with chemistry at that time. And so I believed him. And so I think uh, one of the first clues in this, and when you think about being a, a corporate coach is, is just because someone tells you that you can't do something, you've got to decide if that's really, you, you know, the truth. And so um, I believed him for a while. And so I, my undergrads in accounting, I have a bachelor's with an emphasis in accounting. Uh, business administration. And so when I went to Washburn University for my junior year, I finished up, but I, but I was totally away from chiropractic that for, for about eight months. And I worked with a chiropractor as well in high school and then in junior college. And so something inside of me just said, you know, Michelle, you can do this. And so I finished up my, uh, my curriculum for that uh, bachelor's in accounting. And then I started taking the classes needed to be pre-med. Um, and so, uh, I wish it was as easy to be saying I wanted to go do it. And, and it, it was easy in some sense because I just, I, I knew it was my destiny. One of my brothers um, years ago said, you should have a license place as destined because you're destined to do some good things in the world, which is super sweet, my brother Scott. And so um, I really feel like I was destined to be a chiropractor. And so um, went to college in Parsons for two years and went to Washburn for a couple of years, finished up some classes at Pittsburgh State, Go Gorillas or um, and then I moved to Kansas City to go to chiropractic school and um, went to Park College for a semester. They had a specialized program for, for pre-med students and, and took uh, physics and organic chemistry and inorganic chemistry and actually uh, excelled at it. 
And um, here I am, hard to believe, you know, 35 years later. One, I didn't know you were a accounting major at Washburn and got your degree mm-hmm. in business. Um, I, so interesting. So you're, I'll say you're 22-ish years old and you got, you, you're an accounting major, you have your bachelor's. Uh, was there any one incident that said, okay, this is not my destiny. I'm going to be a chiropractor no matter what my professor said in junior college about my poor skills in chemistry. Yeah, you know, I, I can't think of one instance. I just remember the feeling of missing chiropractic. And um, and, like, and like, as you said, it, part of the uh, conversation a minute ago is I don't remember much about the, I'm going to air quote, chiropractic experience of the actual adjustment, which is really, where, which is pretty magical now that I've learned, now that I've been in the space for so long. But I just remember, and I think this is innate for most people, people just want to, uh, help people. And I'm actually a little more of an introvert and, and I'm not a horrible at bookkeeping, but um, I definitely knew I wanted to do something different with my life. And I, and I missed being around chiropractic. Literally once again, I worked in it from um, in high school and I worked all year round. And then when I was away at Washburn for my um, junior, my first semester, junior year, my second semester, uh, junior year. So I was away from chiropractic for eight months solid. And then I came home that summer and worked at the chiropractic office. And I just missed it, Jeff. It was just one of those things where you just have this inner knowing. Um, I can't even tell you more than that. I just knew that it was mine to do. And I think there's, I think we're, we're as a human beings, we were pretty talented and there's multiple things we could do with our lives but I think if you really can discern and listen to your heart beats and what really gives you joy and what really gave me joy was the field of uh, chiropractic and really taking care of patients. So, you know? Yeah, no, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's a theme uh, with a lot of my guests in terms of they were just drawn to something. Uh, Brad Douglas graduated from um, law school at Georgetown and knew he needed to be in D.C. for whatever reason. You don't know what he needed to do. Tabitha Scott, who was also on the Randy Powell Lessons in Leadership podcast. I don't know if you heard her story, but she had a lot of things going on in her life. And there was one last straw. She was drawn to the a remote jungle in Costa Rica. You know, it's just, it, it's just very interesting because, um, you know, part of the you know, journey of everybody's life. And one of the things, you know, I want to show people, young leaders and is, you know, even though people have what I'll say, you know, great public personas, a lot of shit happens in people's lives that they overcome. So it's not all rosy. And, you know, you had to grow up in a, I think you, uh, you said at one point in a podcast I listened to, Mom was divorced three times. You know, your your dad passed uh, at, at an early age. It sounds like, and I, I've had similar experience in, in terms of that, in terms of uh, parents passing. But um, you know, stuff happens. You know, life life is beautiful and life is messy, and the messy is part of the beauty, right? So there's things that happen, right? So you go to Kansas City, go to Cleveland Chiropractic, one of the best chiropractic schools in the nation. And you graduate, and uh, what occurred then? You know, I want, I want to go back to what you said 
um, Jeff there because something you said is really uh, on my heart, especially when you look at, I, I think maybe, I don't know, his name was Stitch, um, the, the popular DJ that took his life. And, you know, I think many of us have dark moments and, and I have the privilege to care for people, uh, which is an awesome responsibility that I don't take lightly. Um, and it's heavy. It's heavy sometimes making, you know, are you doing the right thing? And, and you're exactly right. There's, Jeff, I, I struggle every day, just so you know. And some days it's big struggles and some days it's little struggles. But every day I have a little struggle. Um, just even, um, quite frankly, in the last 24 hours, you know, it's like, okay, God, you know, if you're ready for me to come home, I'm ready to come home. You know, not that I'm suicidal, but at some point you say, when's enough enough? And there's so much in the outside pressures of the world to make sure you're, um, you know, dress the right way, you know, save enough money, you know, whatever the pressures are. And then I know my pressures are little compared to so many people, but um, I just wanted to, for our listeners to know, um, I see you, I feel you. I have those experiences as, and I've had those thoughts as, as, as lately in the last 24 hours. And, and I would tell you that my life is far better than I ever thought it would be. Uh, unfortunately, there's the, this thing called comparison and you, and you look at uh, and you think that other people have it better than you and you just don't know. So to, since we're on the couch talking about it, I, I, know, I know leaders struggle. I see a lot of leaders. Um, I'm right there with you just trying to make the best decisions I can in this moment because life is really about moments. So, so speaking of moments, you know, I, I came to Kansas city in 1988. I knew one family, oddly enough, and that family happened to be the Feaston family who I happened to work for before I worked for the chiropractor. I used to babysit their kids. And, and when my mom was struggling, I actually lived with them for a while and they owned the bowling alley. And um, I worked on the bowling alley. And, and if you're from a small town, you know that there's bowling in the fall and the winter, and then there's softball in the spring and the summer. So the bowling alley kind of closes for summer season, but they, they also owned a pizza place and the pizza place was right across the street from the chiropractor's place. And, and I knew the chiropractor and his wife, Carol, because I taught their kids bowling lessons and, and, um, and they came in one day and I can, this is something I do remember. They came in one day and um, my mom um, has been obese since I was four. And so I really didn't want to work around food because I have my own food addiction and they offered me, um, I was making two twenty-five an hour and they said, well, we'll pay you $4. I had my first lesson on really, um, leaving somebody who cared about you because the Pinkstons, not only did I work for them, but I was like their bonus child. And to tell them I was leaving them to go work at the chiropractor, um, was probably, um, devastating to them at some level. I remember how, um, it, how it was just an awkward relationship for a while, but when I moved to Kansas city to go to chiropractic school. They were the only family because they had moved left Parsons that lived in Kansas City. I mean, when you look back on the journey, and I get goose bubbles telling you, and I don't know about you, Jeff, but I feel the Holy Spirit on the left side of my um, uh, shoulder here when I'm talking and when I really, it's really from my heart and just resonating with the universal um, signs. And so I moved to Kansas City knowing one family, the Bingston family, who I had so disappointed at the age of, you know, 15 years old when I was, went to work for the chiropractor. Um, that, that's real. And um, moved here in 88 to go to chiropractic school. Uh, have really not looked back. Kansas City has become my home. It's a fabulous city. I know most people know that. Um, it go Chiefs, right? So um, that's where my journey started in Kansas City at Cleveland uh, chiropractic college is now Cleveland university and it was on a uh, uh, truce in basically Meyer Boulevard. So kind of in that 
part of town where people think it's not a great part of town, but that's where I went to chiropractic school. And I, and I, um, I love the experience because I love learning. Yeah. Very familiar with that area. I started at AT AT&T at a college in the early eighties and our, we were at 63rd and prospect, I believe it was right across from the police station there. So anyhow, um, yeah, um, I have to uh, digress a little bit. What uh, you taught bowling? What was your highest uh, personal bowling score? Oh, Jeff, you know it's interesting. Um, I don't have that memory for stuff like that. I have no idea to be honest. I never got a three hundred. I do know that. Um, I probably had well, good. 200s. I mean, most people have not. So that's yeah. Uh, you're an accounting. You were an accounting major. You you should know the numbers, but. Uh, uh, anyhow, oh, um, there's so much stuff in this head. I'm just tired of letting some of it go. Yeah, no, but thank you for being uh, so vulnerable. I mean, it, it's hard. And, you know, to see a person like you again with uh, all the great things you do and all the people you help. I mean, yeah, just people go through a lot. So um, so you graduate. Do you Did you open your own practice immediately or did you work for another chiropractor? Yeah, yeah. No, I when I was in uh, chiropractic school, I had the chance to work for a guy named Dr. Yenny in Kansas City. He was off of uh, 4140 Broadway. I do remember those that address. And, um, and you, were, you were mentioning mentors, and I would call Dr. Yenny for sure a mentor of mine. I think there's lots of people that are encouragers, and I love how Ronnie Anderson talks about the different people that champion us in our life and things like that. I love the way she describes that he was true mentor for me. And and one thing he said that I will never forget, Jeff, I believe I'll never forget it is there's a couple things to learn, learn what to do and what not to do and what not to do is just as important as what to do. And so for your listeners, as, as we once again are sitting on the couch here, you know, you're going to watch people throughout life. You think about what not to do is just as important as what to do. And so I I love that with Dr. Yenny, but I got the chance to work for him while I was in chiropractic school. He, I heard him speak at the chiropractic college and, um, he brought up acupuncture and, and Dr. Lakin, who I worked for in high school, he also did some acupuncture. He was a constant learner. He was a five on the Enneagram, loved, loved, loved to learn. A um, little bit of a int- big introvert, but he loved to learn. And so I had had acupuncture as a younger person that Dr. Yenny is kind of the guy. He's the one who brought acupuncture really to America, to all the fields, to the medical field, to the veterinary field. Um, and he's got a great story. And if you follow me at all, you've probably heard it because I tell it often. But Dr. Yenny, um, he just, he was so good to me. And, and, his, and his assistant, Pat, who, who um, is still in my life today, she's still alive, Dr. Yenny has passed. Um, they were so kind to me. And I think that's part of my um, ammo, Jeff, is how do I just pay it forward? Um, it's emotional for me because people have been so good to me. Um, just a small town girl who came to this city um, but people have been so very good to me. And Dr. Yenny and Pat definitely were uh, key influences in my life. And then after working with Dr. Yenny, he said to me, um, when I graduated, he goes, you know what? You know what to do. Go do it. You know, you don't need to associate with anybody. You've done everything. You have taken x-rays. You've done, uh, we used to do some acupuncture readings. You've um, done therapy. You've done everything but adjust. And when I was in chiropractic school, Um, you have requirements. We have internships, kind of like going to a beauty school, right? You know, we got to practice on somebody. And so you start putting hands on pretty much first semester back then anyway, I'm not sure about now. And so you start learning how to palpate. And we actually learned how to palpate um, Jeff through phone books. So you put a hair, you pull a hair and you stick it through the pages of phone books and you would just sensitize your fingers. 
And so it's so fun. And even now, right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm running my hands over the desk where I'm sitting at and I can feel the textures and because of sensitizing things. So, um, and, and, and you have to do so many adjustments. You have to do outpatient and student adjustments. And I exceeded, of course, um, I just knew I had to lay my hands on as many people as possible. And you had to have a, a certain requirement. And I tripled that or quadrupled that of touching people. And I kept my students, typically as a student, um, and this is, this is true in life. And this is, a, this is probably one of the life lessons I've gotten is as a student in chiropractic college, you would get somebody and they would use you until they didn't need you anymore. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, I need, let's say, let's say I need 50 adjustments and, and I got five students I'm seeing. And so I saw them 10 times and that's 50, right? And then I'm done with you because I don't need you anymore. I'm going to go on to something else. Um, but when I was in school, I kept my students my whole year of internship. So, um, because that was just the, my ability to lay hands on people and the power of the word chiropractic means, um, hands, chiro practice, the practice of laying on hands, um, that people take for granted. And so, um, I had done a lot of that in school. And so, and I had studied acupuncture. I have 300 hours in acupuncture. And so Dr. Yenny and my other, one of my other mentors, Dr. Jack Sibley out of, uh, Oklahoma, he said, Michelle, go do it. You know what to do you know what to do. And so I opened my practice off of um, Shamisha Parkway in Neiman in uh, 1992, March, March of 1992, and um, about $20,000 yeah, and did it and just kept doing it and kept doing it. And here I am uh, 31 years later. So, um, you know, what I love about what you do is, you know, and all the great things, and we'll get into those later, but you know, and everybody's on their own journey, but you're one of those people that saw their gift and, you know, went towards that dream, right? So you, you knew you wanted to be a chiropractor and now it's the, a 35 year career. What advice would you give someone, especially, you know, I, I say most recent college graduates, even though, uh, they go to college for a degree, have no idea really what they want to do. And some people, that are, you know, 45, 50, 55, you know, really are still looking at that. What, what advice would you give them? I would say get quiet, you know, spend some time by yourself. Uh, you know, one of my other mentors, Tom Hill talks about, you know, spending time by yourself and really thinking about what's important to you. You know, I love chiropractic and, and it, I have to tell you, it's really, it was never about the chiropractic adjustment until I, learn more about that about a decade after practicing, you know, to be, you know, once again, transparent, you know, I thought it was kind of psychosomatic. And um, I just knew I wanted to lay hands people. And I, and I love the power of connection. That's why one of our names is your wellness connection. And, and, and Jeff, we are, we are connected because we love connection and we love humanity. Um, it's brought really about what you can do for me, what can I do for you? It's because we love the, the ability to try to figure out, even as we went on today, I said, Oh, well, you know what? You should know this person. And so, and just trying to connect you with some of that, I've had the privilege of getting to know that I think is just doing great things in the world. Just like this, what, what you're doing, you're trying and you help anybody that calls you, you'll try to help them and give them ideas. So you're really a go-giver that way. So the advice I'd say is, you know, you got to dial into your heart, but there's so much noise in our hearts that we can't hear what is ours to do um, because we're running and um, we're running away from instead of running to. And I think that I got, clear running to it. And it's been a journey. I was, when I first started, Jeff, you know, my first six years were phenomenal in the eyes of running a business, right? I, I 
did really well. I was, I was solo. I, you know, paid off my huge student loan debt and I had a phenomenal practice, but you know, I was dead inside um, because, because it was just about the numbers. And as an accountant, you think, isn't it all about the numbers? Well, you know, it's not about the numbers. It's it's about connection. It's about um, looking yourself in the eye at night going, am I really doing what God wants for me? I'm, I'm a believer in something greater. I don't care what it is for you, but um, for me, I know there's a higher power up there that's directing my steps because there's no way I'd still be alive today if there wasn't. So um, I would tell people, you got to get quiet a little bit um, and you got to think about what brings you joy. Um, I know what doesn't, I'm learning more and more what doesn't bring me joy. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Jeff, I'm a horrible, I'm a horrible manager of people. I'm, I'm really horrible at it. Um, but uh, could I, could I paint a vision for you and paint a picture and get you excited? Yes, because that's one of my gifts. And so you've got to figure out what some of your gifts are so that you know how to uh, navigate this thing called life, which is not easy. Even on the outside, when it looks like you got it all together, uh, it's not easy. And I, I know that because I've had the privilege, once again, of, of, of hearing people's stories um, and the people that you'd be surprised who struggles. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But so interesting, you say you're not a good manager. Uh, so do people not like working for you at the Wellness Connection? No, I no, I don't think it's that's the truth. I, I think that um, I think that I get by by my inspiration. If I'm being totally transparent and not arrogant, I get in my passion for humanity. It carries me a lot further than my managerial skills. If I didn't have that, I think I'd be in big trouble. Um, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not really good at holding people accountable. And I think I think a good leader um, helps people dig deep and find stuff inside of them they didn't know they have. And and that's part of my thoughts. It could be I could be challenged and be wrong on that. So I do think, and I think you can. And my advice to the young people again, going back to this conversation, is to maybe put on a whiteboard or one of those 3M stickers um, that you put what I love and what I don't love. And I think that you start to get to know yourself better. It doesn't mean I have to do stuff I don't love every day, but how do I attract more of what I do love to do? Having conversations with you or, uh, you know, I, if I had my way, I'd, I'd do what Atlanta did. I would, I would have breakfast, lunch, coffee or, um, with people. I guess we, we all know the secrets drink coffee, but um, I would be meeting with people three times a day and just trying to figure out how to help them get to where they're going. And that's what I get to do in chiropractic and wellness because everybody has a health story. Everybody. Something's not right, right? Whether it's digestion, anxiety, neck pain, um, jaw pain. If it's not them, it's their kid or their parent. So I could talk to anybody about health and wellness. Um, so that is something that if I was on my whiteboard here, I would say I'd love to give people little small changes that lead to big shifts. And on the other side, put there, you know what? I, I really, I, I just think I'm so internally motivated to do what I'm doing that I don't need anybody else motivating me, if that makes sense. And I think other people need that motivation because that's not how they're wired. And that's what I'm not great at. How about that? <laughs> Well, it, it is interesting. So, you know, I think there, you know, there's multiple components of being a great leader, right? And even great leaders still need to, you know, have areas where they can be better, right? But I, I'll say two of the things for you, and again, I've never worked for you, uh, but, you know, uh, what I'll say is one attribute of a great leader is they they inspire people and they have a vision for where, you know, your wellness connection 
wants to go or where small changes, big shifts wants to go. And so you're inspirational and, you know, I, people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So you, you know, you, you check that box for you as a leader, you know, uh, you know, and get an A there. Um, and, you know, you're one of the most caring people that I know. And, and at the end of the day, people that work for you want to know you care about them. Right. And that's, uh, you know, so I think those are two big attributes um, that make a successful leader. Um, yeah. Any comments? Well, thank you. I, I, I do. Yeah. Well, I, I do, I do care about people. Um, one of my, one of my other coaches, I'm going to use her as like more of a coach, kind of a peer. She says care, but don't care that much. And, um, and that's hard, right? Yeah. Uh, you can't care more about people than they care about themselves. And, um, you hope that you can pour into them and, and kind of witness for them and see into their, and, and, and kind of giving believing eyes for people. So, um, so thank you for that. I, I don't think I'm a horrible leader by no means. I just know that there's some things I'm not, that are not my, in my wheelhouse and how do you put people around you? And I think a good leader says, you know what, here's where I'm not great at. How do I create tools? I was just talking to one of my leaders that works for me. We were talking about a scorecard. Because I like to say, look, here's what needs to be done. Go do it. But I need you to kind of let me know what's going on. <laughs> so we're uh, investing in the system so that I can just look at a dashboard and go, okay, there's just, there's a lot. There's a lot to do because the world's hurting, Jeff. And, um, you know, the humanity's got a lot of hiccups. And so we're, we're working hard to see what we can do to help save our kids. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, t- uh, let's chat about some things you're doing in that area uh, to, to help uh, our uh, the the next future generation be better. Yeah, you know, Jeff. I when I'm meeting with somebody, I tell them I have three buckets. Bucket number one is your wellness connection, which is a, a, a center that houses providers, acupuncturists, chiropractors, counselors, uh, Reiki practitioners, massage therapists, um, esthetician. Um, and what we're doing there is we're trying to guide people. It's more about guiding one on one. Occasionally, we do some group stuff, but that's kind of that one on one. Um, care, uh, holistic work. We've got some great things in the pipeline. Um, I'll share those with you too. And then we have um, this whole thing in in 2010, I got asked, actually in 2008, I got asked to write a book about whole person health um, from the people that ran Unity Village because Unity had a publishing division and they were just re, it was, it it put out the daily word, but they're putting out books again. So um, I started thinking, well, okay, well, okay, what would I tell people? And so I wrote a book, uh, Wellness on Shoestring, Seven Habits for Healthy Life. And I realized that if people would do some of these basic things, we would not have near the problems we're having um, in our own lives as well as in our families and in the world. And so through that, um, then I wrote a second book called uh, The E-Factor, Engage, Energize, Enrich, Three Steps to Vibrant Health. And um, thinking about how do we really get engaged in this journey? And when you get engaged, then you have energy. And we have energy, you figure out how to enrich. And so for me, it kind of tells a little bit of my story about, especially an enrichment story about people that have poured into me. But um, engaging is, you know, what's, what's my, what's my higher calling. And I can tell you what mine is. And, and then, well, 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 how do I get there? What's the plan? And then who are the people around me that, uh, cause community matters and you know that as well as anybody. And so that's, that, that became a teaching bucket for me because then people said, well, do you have curriculum around this? And so, um, we, um, really worked on the quadrants of well-being and coined that term on my 25th year. Uh, around how do we look at somebody's health, kind of like running a business, operations, marketing, finance, leadership, mechanical health, chemical, energetical, psycho, spiritual. And you can't run a good business without all four of those aspects. 
and you can't run a good body and, 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 this, uh, and, and thrive like you're supposed to thrive through life. We were innately designed to be well. And so um, we, and that this, this small change, the big shifts has become our teaching platform. You know, we do biometrics for companies. We do corporate talks around posture, around sleep, around mental health. Um, we do some leadership stuff. We do some personality profile stuff. And so we have that bucket. And under that bucket is our, is, is our um, community outreach called the Wellness Consortium. And our, our vision with that is how do you find providers around you that have a similar philosophy? And so much like uh, for me, and uh, my office is 4.4 miles from my house, and I get a lot of care within a mile two from my house. And I thought, wow, if I'm if I don't if I would rather go a mile two versus four point four when I could go drive to my own center, the average human being wants to stay closer to home. And so that kind of helped, uh, along with a couple other key things that helped us launch this wellness consortium. We launched in twenty fourteen about building community. And so now we have five of those communities. By the end of the year, we'll have ten of those communities. Uh, geographically placed around Kansas City, and we're looking at a couple other cities that will be doing it as well, because people want to find people that believe in whole person health, uh, and they want to have trusted resources. So that's that bucket. And that bucket is so important. And I was telling Jamie, who works with me, she was like, a couple years ago, she's like, you've got too much on your plate, you've got to get rid of something. And um, that bucket really helps uh, support my passion. And my passion is um, the Big Shift Foundation. It's a foundation to make generational change five to 30 year olds. And you say, Michelle, why five to 30? Well, you, you want to make change before people have babies, in my opinion, because we are seeing kids uh, being born with different um, uh, dissonances, diseases, mental health, skin issues, uh, whatever the case may be. And a lot of times it's because the pond is dirty. So if you and I were fishing, Jeff, we wanted to go to a clean water where we're going to fish out fish, especially if we're going to eat the fish that come from a clean water source, right? And so people are creating these little humans that are not coming from clean ponds. Um, you know, and I think about growing up and we're not that far different in age. I don't know. Do you remember, what did you used to have for breakfast, Jeff? Just out of curiosity. It's probably changed from when you were oh, 10 yeah, and definitely out. has changed. But uh, I was, uh, when I was growing up, usually it was Captain Crunch, uh, maybe some Frosted Flakes. Mm-hmm. You know, Pop-Tart, you know. Pop, uh, possibly Pop-Tart. I, I probably, not growing up so much, probably would. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I did have Pop-Tarts growing up. So. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine starting your day on that type of food now? No. Can you imagine? Well, I intermittent so, fast now, so it's uh... <laughs> yeah. So you can't even begin to imagine that. So, so, so we, that's just one example. But then you have all the technology of the electronic, uh, the EMFs, right? The magnetic fields around us. Then you have all the uh, stuff, the the headspace that we're from, from not sleeping the right way, and and then having a Starbucks on the way. You know, when I was growing up, and you, you too, I don't know about you. When did you have your first cup of coffee? How old were you? You know, I, you know, I, I, my heritage is Italian. They're big coffee drinkers, espresso. Um, I never really liked coffee, uh, but I, I don't know. I probably tasted it as a kid, but I, I didn't really drink it every day until I was in my forties. So, okay. So what I remember is kind of like having beer, you know, um, you're supposed to not have it legal until you're 18 and you probably weren't even attracted to coffee until you were 18 back then. Um, by the way, I've never had a cup of coffee, just not attracted to it. 
but it, the, the whole thing of this foundation is how do we teach people how to take care of themselves from a whole person perspective, mechanically, you know, posture. There's some new, there's some some new interesting research out about vitality points, and when you have this forward he- head um, position, uh, turtleneck, how it creates a ton of disease in the body um, and removes some of your vitality points, and it's huge with our young people because of looking down at devices and gaming and all those things like that. Um, so, I mean, it's really sad when I remember my mom used to say, stand up straight. And I'm like, my posture is 10 times better, um, then than our universe, our unit across the board with all of our students now. And then of course, all the anxiety and stress, you know, I, I was talking with a friend this morning and we were talking about, you know, going to schools and being worried, um, you know, that you're having drills about an active shooter. I mean, that is so far from, um, healthy. Uh, and I can't imagine the stress that teachers have, let alone the kids, and that, that carries on. And so the foundation's job is to make, help make generational change, five to 30-year-olds, before people start having babies, because I believe hurting people hurt people. Healthy people grow people. And I was fortunate enough that people came into my life, because my path had been tons different, you know, starting with, even before Dr. Lakin, but Dr. Lakin and his wife, Carol, started changing my mindset. They had me reading books that were just really about headspace. Um, and cause it starts, it starts in the heart. It goes to your head and it goes throughout your body. And that's why they call it mindset. Right. So, um, the foundation, that's what we're doing. And, um, it is my greatest joy. The thing is that we can't make that change alone. You can't just teach people. You got to have providers that can support them. So I'm going to tie this all back together for you. And a little bow here is without providers and communities that can pour into kids, whether it's your medical doctor, your, your massage therapist, your chiropractor, acupuncture, your psychologist, if we're not all talking to each other and we have some common language, um, some basic things that kids could do, uh, we're never going to get anywhere. So that's what I'm dedicating the rest of my life to doing is figuring out how do we um, pour into young people at the same time we got to build community. So finally, when um, Jamie got that, she's like, oh, okay, I see these all go together. So people say, oh, you do so much. I don't want to do, to be honest, I want to, I want to play games. I want to go for walks. I want to be meeting with friends. Um, I want to be somebody that's a being, not a doing, uh, but I can't do what my purpose is if I'm not having these three buckets right now. And, and speaking of the big bucket for your wellness section in, in my magic long world over the next five years, we create a center um, that's really all about, you know, how do you get your body ready to get pregnant? Um, not just the mommy, but the daddy, or um, how do you get your body ready? Then how do you take care of somebody when they're pregnant? How do you take care of somebody after they have the baby to, to, to help minimize the limit postpartum, help uh, uh, minimize C-sections, help minimize um, some of the trauma people have after birth and, and, and the disparities between um, Caucasian and then uh, Black Americans giving babies would be astounding. I've been crying doing a consult with a patient in the, in the last 18 months where I was literally crying during their, them telling me about their birth process as, as a black American um, that, by the way, has a PhD. So um, I, that's what drives me. And you can tell it, it just it makes me just um, fascinated and frustrated and motivated and inspired to show up every day. Yeah, I know. It's it's phenomenal. I, I want to go back to the five to 30 year old bracket. And you said something about, you know, you want to do it before that people have children. And I, I remember having discussions uh, when I was a parent and, uh, you know, when I first became uh, was a parent when my kids were born. Um, 
that you know you and would and tie back to fishing too you made fishing analogy but like you need a license to fish but you know and take a test to drive but you can anybody can be a parent there's no preparation um there's i mean you yeah you you can self-teach and read books and all that but i mean there's you can anybody can do it and there's really you know no manual or anything like that that you have to go through and you know a lot of a lot of things in the world are a result of poor or no parenting right yeah, we just we, we just have got to make those changes, and I and I believe in resilience. You know, I would say that um, as you as you mentioned in the intro, my mom was actually married four times by the time I was seventeen. Um, probably had her fourth divorce. I was probably twenty-two ish. I don't know the exact year. And you know, and when when I developed compassion, I did some serious therapy work around it. You know what? My mom was doing the best job she could, and I can see that and I can appreciate that. Um, but as society is, as humans, we can do better. We must do better for our kids. If you think it's okay to be having a shooting every day um, in this country, there's a problem. And once again, I think it's that it goes to show the mental crisis, the mental health crisis we're in. But people need need to continue to realize that mental health also is because of not the proper nutrition, not the proper um, sleep habits, not the proper connection. It's it's a whole mental health is not just about the mental part. It's about the holistic approach. Yeah, I, I love the quadrant, the four, you know, the the quadrants of well being that you're focused on. You, you talk a lot about sleep and nutrition and you know uh, fitness. I know we can't go into every quadrant in detail, but what what do you think the most important quadrant is and why? Well, we can go into all of not in detail, but we can give you do high level. Um, but I think the most important quadrant is the psycho spiritual. And um, one of my favorite quotes, um, it's actually my quote, is you won't heal the body until you heal the heart. And I know that because I've been in the space for a long time and I could not heal my body until I healed my heart. I knew what to do. I knew I needed to exercise. I knew I needed to eat better, but I didn't love myself enough to do that. And I think that a lot of self-sabotage is because we don't love ourselves. And um, we, for some reason, we, we love ourselves as a one, two, three, four-year-old, and then something starts changing. And that goes back to some of the parenting and so um, in our program, we actually do a six-month discovery program where we have scholarships for kids. We actually take them through whole person health. They, they get to do therapy. They get to get chiropractic. They get to get um, acupuncture, massage. They get functional medicine, blood work. People are deficient. I, I've, I've gone through about 100 blood works uh, for the la- in the last uh, three weeks with some of our corporate clients as well as some of our scholarship kids and, and our regular clients that we serve. And the majority of people are deficient. You know, and, and Dr. James Chestnut, Um, one of my peers and colleagues who's doing some phenomenal work, he says, people are sick because of two reasons. And I think this is true about anything. We're toxic, we're deficient. And so I think we're toxic in hate and we're deficient in love. And so the, once you start to heal your heart and you start to realize everything is about love, you know, some people push at me a little bit because I'm not, I'm shallow and I'm, I'm not that deep. You know, I just think I'm here to love people. I'm here to love myself. And, and that's my, and that's everybody's greatest struggle is the connection between that and the heart, loving yourself. But then it's how do we promote love? And um, I get, I get beat up a little bit, Jeff, because I've, I've got a, a decent platform. It's not phenomenal, but I, I sometimes maybe there's some things that my peers think that I should be talking out against. And um, I'm here to, I'm here to bring, I'm here to bring light and love, not darkness and hate. That's just not anywhere in my cell, cellular system to do that. 
So um, I believe it's psycho-spiritual is the most important. And once you do that, um, realize that you matter, then it's easier to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take time to do 10 minutes of exercise today, or I'm going to take time. I'm going to invest in myself and, and go get a massage instead of it being out of, I, I'm dying. It's necessity. It's, it's like, you know what, I need to go do it just for general well-being, or um, I'm going to invest in um, having organic apples because they're less toxic. You know, do you need to all, eat all, all organic? You know, if you can afford it, you do, but, but for sure, look at the, the dirty dozen. And I guess they added one maybe to the, the 13 now, but look at the foods that I don't, I don't worry as much about buying an organic avocado as I do as an organic apple. Um, and, and, and am I going to invest in taking vitamin D? Uh, how important is that? I want to tell you out of the hundred people I've looked at, um, I believe 95% were low in vitamin D. I actually had a call yesterday with somebody and I, I've never met him in person, but we did labs last year for his company. And I just said to him, I said, you know, by, by the way, are you Caucasian or are you, are you um, ethnic? And he said, I, I'm a black American. And I said, I said, you know what? And I'm curious, why aren't you taking my recommendations? Because last year you had the same number. I said, this is serious business. Your vitamin D is like 11. It should be 50 to be healthy. And that's mental health. That's chemical health. That's bone health. And I think that I was so, I, I, what I love about being older, Jeff, is, is you just get a little bit more direct. Jeff, you know, we've had this conversation two or three times. Do we need to have it again? Um, so, and that's one of my great mentors, Mary Wake, said to me one year, she said, Michelle, I just want you to know, and I'm happy to have it again, but the last five years I've seen you on this beach in Hawaii, we've been talking about the same thing. I'm like, whoo, slap across your face. Do not, basically, she said, I'll talk about it again for the next 10 years, you're going to talk about it, but I just want you to be aware. And so I think that is really a voice of love and reason that can look back at you and reflect back to say, you know, I love you so much. I just want you to hear what you're saying. Um, so biggest quadrant, I think is psycho-spiritual, but you, you can't live a, a great life without paying attention to all four of them. Yeah. I mean, just to go back to something you said earlier, I mean, it's it just before people could have a different point of view than their friend and you would still remain friends. And it just seems in the last last three to five years, you know, people would unfriend, you know, not be your friend if you had a different political view or didn't believe, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy that how divisive uh, society is, at least in the U.S. Uh, right now. Yeah, I think it's changing, Jeff. I, I do want to, I want to say, um, I do feel a sense of coming back someplace, you know, and, and, and one of my therapists says to me that, you know, life is like a pendulum. You swing back and forth. And, and the sweet spot of, of life is in the middle. And I was uh, walking uh, again with one of my friends today who happens to be uh, Catholic. And, and my one of my stepfathers taught at the Catholic school, even though it's not, I, I always say was, I'm raised as a spiritual mutt, went to many different churches, um, baptized Baptist, by the way, um, at the age of 23, and um, practice more, um, more of a unity philosophy of, of love. And um, I said, you know what? I feel safe having this conversation with you. Tell me, tell me about um, women's rights and your Catholic beliefs. And, and, and so I think we all need to have friends that we can talk to that we're not in a fiery state. And so I do think it's shifting a little bit. Maybe I'm being a Pollyanna there. But I, I invite if you, and if everybody has the same opinion as you have around you, you probably don't have the right friends. So talk a little bit about, because I'm very curious, um, you work with companies um, in terms of their uh, 
wellness. Talk a little bit more about that practice. Yeah, that's under my small changes, Big Shifts brand. And we have um, some 21-day programs about sleep and posture and mental health. And, of course, our big kindness thing that we do, that's just our foundation is taking over now. I believe companies are talking about wanting to make some change around wellness. And um, to be totally transparent, I think very few truly take action. Uh, and it takes consistent action. It's got to be a long-term investment. And so a couple of our companies, we've been working with them um, three to five years. And we, we, it depends on what they want to engage. Either we go in and we do some talks around whatever the hot topic is. We have about, and we engage with other speakers throughout the community. So it's not Michelle Robin. It's a team of wellness people that believe in a similar mission. And then we also do some biometrics. So I believe the average person is getting oh, shifty care, okay? They don't even know what their vitamin D is. If you don't know what your vitamin D is in 2023, your doctor, you, you're, if your doctor is the one to do vitamin D, you got the wrong doctor. I'm going to just go be bold there because we, we know from the research that vitamin D, if it's 40 and above, you have a 70% less chance of cancer. Sign me up for that all day long. We also know that vitamin D is one of the greatest precursors um, to avoiding or minimizing your effects from COVID. We also know it affects mental health. It affects sleep. It's a hormone. Um, so companies want to, they want to dive in deeper with their employees. And, th and th what I love about um, the company that I'm working with right now just is a fabulous job. And I, and I don't know whether I can say their name or not. And this is our fifth year engaging with them. And they trust me enough to say, Michelle, what are we, what else can we be looking at? So this year we added um, some basic food allergies to their panel for their employees. And the employees can take the panel, not take the panel. They pay a little bit of money and then the gallon. Oops. And then the company, Joe, please edit that out. And then the company um, writes, uh, pays for it. And it was interesting to think about all the people we went through, over 70% had a food allergy and had no idea. Or actually, I'm going to take this back. Some of them had an idea, but they just didn't want to, you know, I think you all know, most of us know I ate that. I don't feel good. But until I validate, I'm going to keep eating it. And I would say the majority said, you know what? I thought I had a problem. But now they have the, it's valued, it's validated now. So they're able to take action. And so companies have got to get invested for the long term. And even if people leave you, and that's kind of what I think about, you know, my job is to help the people that work with me be, become the best version of themselves, knowing they're going to leave me someday, right? And at least I'm putting good fish out in the world. I'm going to call them fish again. And so um, it is so much fun when you have people that are committed to a three to five year relationship of knowing that you're going to come in every year and you're going to try to up the game a little bit to help their employees be the best version of themselves because then they can be better parents they can, and they can show up as better um, community citizens and great, great, greater co and better coworkers. And how many companies have you worked with over the years in, in this area? Whew. Oh gosh. You know, we've done some one-offs where we just go in and do a, a, a corporate talks. So, I don't know, 30, 40. Uh, we have a handful that we have engaged year after year. And those are my favorite because I believe in LTRs. Have you heard me talk about LTRs before lifetime relationships? I think that's where the magic happens because you are continually looking out for each other in best interest because you know it's not just a transaction. It is a relationship. Um, so we've been blessed in, in COVID. Um, you know, I got a chance to speak a lot during COVID because I was used to being virtual because I did podcasts. And so I actually, I actually loved it because I didn't have to get on a plane. I could walk right upstairs to my studio, do my thing and, um, and then go to my office and not be on a, be out of, out of commission for a couple of days. So some great companies, you know, and this, this is on our website, you know, locked in AMC, 
um, Jay Dunn. I mean, just great companies that are doing some great things. But really the magic, anything in life, I think, is, is a relationship that lasts over time, especially that's beneficially good for you, not, not one that's beneficially bad for both of you, <laughs> but one that's beneficially good for you and how do you get to know each other better because then you can dive, get under the covers more. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just so interested on in terms of corporate culture and how to build a great one. Um, I, and so, do you th- you find these companies are the ones that are striving to you know maintain a great culture, improve on a great culture, or have a great culture? Well, I think everybody's trying to improve on it. Um, not everybody. I think I think these companies are trying to improve on it. I think it's really hard to have a great culture in general, it takes day. It's kind of like being healthy. You can't be healthy one day a week. It is every moment of the day, this choice is going to take me closer to my health or away from my health. Is it going to make me more toxic or is it going to make me more pure? And so um, I do believe that because they're invested in their people um, at such a level that they don't have to get the credit for it. And I think that's part of leadership is, um, I, you know, let me, I don't, I don't care who gets the credit for it, as long as we are moving the ball in the right direction. And for me, it's about health and humanity and our kids. So I was talking to a gal this morning and I heard her as we were talking, uh, I was doing a follow-up. So what happens is, is they get functional, they get kind of a deeper uh, look at their blood work. Okay. We do, um, it's, it's basically about a four page blood work when the average blood work is about a page and a half. And um, it was, we were going through that, but I kept hearing about her two daughters, her two daughters, her two daughters. And at the end of the conversation, I said, can I ask you about your 10 year old? Tell me, how is she doing? She goes, well, you know what? I don't know if it's hormonal, but she's kind of struggling. And she goes, I think it's our habits. And I said, you know what? I'm going to invite you as you look at the habits that I've sent to you. I want to invite you to help teach your daughter to dial in. I woke up, I'm, or let's just say in this moment, let's say, Jeff, in this moment, um, if I said, gosh, Michelle, you're feeling anxious or, oh, gosh, you know, I got a bellyache or I've got gas or I've got a headache. I invite you to ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling anxious? Why do I have a bellyache? And, and you've got to think about your last, uh, you know, five to 36 hours. Who, who was I around? What type of fuel did I put in my body? Um, did I get enough sleep? Did I get a text from somebody um, that's got me kind of anxious or concerned or grumpy, whatever the case may be? Your body is so wise. We just have to teach people how to listen to it. And I think good companies are invested in teaching their employees how to listen at, with a different ear, but it takes repetition. I mean, like I said, this, this company that we went into, is this is our fifth year with them. And I'm going to tell you, I think they're finally getting it. Some people, they're like, okay, wait a minute. And plus, we're getting better at it. We're getting better at knowing, well, why aren't they doing this? Like this, this guy yesterday, when I said, okay, wait a minute. We've had this conversation. <laughs> um, just like my friend Mary. Are we going to do this for the next 10 years? Are we going to have this conversation and, and take some action? But you've got to teach people the why so they can comply. And, and we've put some new strategies in because we're listening too. We're getting, we're, we don't have this figured out, Jeff, but we are lucky enough to have some people that are walking the journey with us. And I've said, finally said, said, let's do a, let's do a class on why detailed labs are important. And then afterwards, and then we're going to do a class on uh, what's your blood blood work telling you and why it's important if your vitamin D is low to take vitamin D or if your vitamin B is low, why to take vitamin D or if you have a, a gluten allergy, why you want to shift that or a weed allergy. So I think we know the why is easy to comply. And I think that's true in leadership and it's, and it's true in um, corporate coaching. People just don't know why we do what we do. And so I tell my, I've, I've got a, a new young lady working for me. She's fabulous. 
and uh, and, a, and, a, and a young man who's been with me about 90 days. I don't know how to live without him. And I'll say, anytime I tell you something, you don't know why I'm telling you, ask me, Michelle, tell me why. Because I am very deliberate about why I do stuff. Why do I walk down the stairs slow when they are tile? Because I don't want to fall down and hit my head. So many times we're not paying attention and you hear stuff like that. So there's just, when, when you know the why, it's easy to comply. Yeah, definitely. Do the CEOs come to you to work with them? Like, how do you get engaged with a new company? You, you know, um, I would say we can do a better job of that. We've been fortunate that some opportunities drop in our lap. And so we kind of are working on the low-hanging fruit. At the same time, we're working on our providers because we know that we can't do it alone. And so we're also, like I said, we, we've got this bucket that's so we're trying to teach the, the community, whether it's uh, individuals or corporations. And then we have providers that we're also trying to teach and support through our network. Uh, we, we say we have three jobs within build, connect, support, because there's a lot of phenomenal providers in Kansas City. I want to tell you, Jeff, I don't think I'm the best chiropractor in our city, without a doubt. Um, am I one of the best full person health people? Yes. I can tell you 10 other chiropractors that are, that are better than I am, but they, maybe they don't communicate the same way, or they're just doing chiropractic. And there's a lot of phenomenal chiropractors in our city, but if you want to, I look at the whole person, when you walk in, I can't help but say, okay, wait a minute okay, you're having sleep problems. Okay, maybe you're sleeping on your stomach and, and why are you having sleep problems? Well, you know, you're having alcohol at night before you go to sleep or you know what, you're sleeping with somebody you don't even love any, you know, you're having dissonance with. I can't help but look at it that way. So that's that's part of my magic, but we've got to get providers. So we're kind of growing these two things and we've put a lot of processes in place. I, I feel like we've finally got the groundwork, um, which I would give a shout out to uh, Jamie and, and Desiree and Zach and, and, and Bailey who are helping us build the foundation with that saying, but what uh, Collins write in his book, uh, good to great, go slow to go fast. Right now we're putting the processes down because I don't think we could have handled it and we would have not done a good job. So we are just working more and more at the processes. And uh, I think our time is here. I think, uh, I think 2023 and 2024, um, you'll see more of the work we're doing out in the world. Yeah, no, I I think it's phenomenal. Talk a, a little bit, uh, you do a kindness challenge uh, every year. Talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the word to campaign. Um, uh, we actually, this is such a funny story. Um, one of our wellness champions, um, Ann Koontz, came to me in 2019. And she said, you know, Michelle, you have a posture program and you have a sleep program and you have, you know, free your space program, but you don't have anything around kindness. I'm like, well... Don't, it's, it's, it's natural. She's, you know, she's like, no, you need to do it. I mean, she literally was in my face about it politely. And she said, Michelle, you need to do a kindness program. I said, and I have a lot going on. She goes, I, I'll help you. I know you do, but I'm just very called. And so she was definitely being guided by the Holy spirit, I believe. And so um, my team, we did, we put one together in 2019 and the way it works is um, it was 21 days before um, Lady Gaga. And she does a lot around world kindness day, which is in, in November and so we started a 21-day program in 2019. Well, you know what happened in 2020, Jeff, right? <laughs> you had to be sleeping under a rock to not know that things changed in 2020. And, and the good news is one of our um, good partners, uh, Brooke Runyon, Stacey Engelman over at, um, at Lockton said, okay, Michelle, we've been, you've been doing some work with our team. What do you think we should do next? And this was in um, the end of summer 2020. And I said, well, I think we need to focus on mental health, but we're going to have to backdoor that. What if we did a kindness event? And we, I kind of had a conscious challenge. You're like, you know, people are being challenged. Let's call it a campaign. And they said, well, let's do 31 days. Because also in the fall of 2020, um, in November, we had a, an election, right? And so 
when you look at everything that's happening, the distance between people, the, the, the COVID-19, the fear, um, fear of all that, um, just, you know, you, you've got the laundry list. And so that's what's happened. So, under, so Lockton underwrote it. They said, great, we'll pay for it. Um, and our team took it and, and, and took the previous year and used that as a base. And then um, Desiree, uh, one of our content writers and, and Zach, they just blew it up. Um, and the following year, then um, our friends over at Citywide came in and they were our sponsor. And then we got a little smarter in 2022. And um, we, we, because we were listening to some of the schools and the schools were reaching out to say, we really want to do some kind of stuff with our kids, but can you make it more kid focused and stuff like that? So we actually, uh, this year in 2022, not 2023, we actually did a 31 day again. Uh, and we, and our foundation took it over and we had, um, uh, I don't know, 13 sponsors <laughs> instead of one that helped bring this movement around um, the country. And then we made decks uh, for age appropriate. So we did a middle school, elementary school and high school deck around seven things they could do. And then, um, so 2023 is going to get better. We're, you know, of course, Mindy Corporate, she's doing some great work around kindness. And we're just trying to look at how do we lock arms with each other? Um, we've got to get out of that mentality that's it's you against me. And I think when you're thinking about kindness, a lot of people do it too. They're like, duh, this is so simple. Um, it's okay to celebrate that it's already natural for you because some people it's not natural for. And um, there'll be a day, I pray for a day that we don't have to be talking about kindness. And that's the day when we're not talking about bullying. Um, and we are not talking about guns, that people are hurting each other. And, um, and we're not talking about suicide. And that's, that's the day I dream about. If I had a BHAG goal, it's the goal that we're not talking about those things. Because people realize that they are enough. And that we have other people that we can add value to. So that's our kindness campaign. Um, it's been a ton of fun. I'm so be, beyond grateful to the community for um, supporting me. We're on a shoestring budget, Jeff, you know. Uh, I, I Sometimes I'm like, I go, I, I get an assignment and I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> Haven't we done enough? And it's like, yeah, uh, and you're going to do this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. And it's like, no, you're going to do this. So I, I kind of negotiate with my higher power a lot. And I lose most of the time, just so you know. <laughs> I lose, I lose um, in the assignment, but I win with the assignment as well. So if people are very, uh, are interested in, in, in helping um, small changes, big shifts, how, how, how can they do that? Well, there's small changes, big shifts is our teaching platform. It's our for-profit company. If they want to find out about, um, they, can, they, can, they can buy a book, they could buy the snackable deck, they could buy quotes if they want to individually connect. They could buy the 21-day programs. They're all pretty inexpensive. I, I really do believe, Jeff, if people... Uh, you probably buy all those programs for less than $150. And um, if you implemented it, it would change your life. I know it because I've done it in my own life. Um, that's individually. Or you can buy one thing at a time and just do one thing at a time. And then um, corporations, they can just reach out to us, smallchangebigshifts.com. Right on the bottom, there's a contact form. And uh, Jamie will do a one-on-one -on -one with you and figure out what's a win-win. We always want to find win-wins for people. It's not a win-lose and take the first step. Um, but once again, we're always thinking about LTRs, lifetime relationships, which I'll tell you the four things that make lifetime relationships happen, in my opinion. Um, and then um, if you want to help Big Shifts Foundation, I could really use your help there. We um, just took, we had 19 applicants, Jeff, for our third year. So in 2020, a, a young woman of color came to me, summer 2020, reached out to me, said, I, I don't know what to do, um, but I'm told, I my, basically, I, I, my spirit said to contact you. So she came in, I saw her, and we looked at her from a holistic perspective. 
um, called uh, a friend of mine who's a counselor. I said, I want you to take this kid on and I, I, I want you to charge her, but I really need you to give her a deep discount, 25 year old uh, black American. And um, we did. And then a few weeks later and we did blood work and I basically, we took her on, but she pays for her care. She's at a very discounted rate. And then finally it hit me. I'm like, our foundation could do this. And so I went to our board and said, look, we could be doing this for kids that need this. And so we created a scholarship program. Um, we call discovery program. Now we're shifting a little bit because we're getting every year we're getting better and better. That's the good news about being a little OCD. And so, um, the first year we had five applicants in 2020, uh, 2021, we had, um, seven applicants and we had to beg, borrow, and, um, I would not steal. We had to beg, borrow and push our friends to refer people. This year we had 19 year three, we had 19 applicants. We had really money for eight. We took 10, um, <laughs> and, um, and we need to raise money. Um, for these kids, but we're gonna, we figured out how to uh, get more bang for our buck for our next cohort that we're going to, um, and so hopefully by uh, third quarter, we'll have that in place. So bigshifts.org, if you feel compelled. Um, I want to tell you, I, and this is not just because the, our team is doing great work. Um, Jeff, it is, it is if, if people got a chance to sit in the room with these young people, um, it would melt your heart. It melts my heart every day. And that is why I'm, that is why I'm alive on the planet in this moment in time. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I'll, I'll put the uh, bigshifts.org in the episode notes so people can go there and uh, mm-hmm. donate to help out. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, you were going to mention uh, the four components, I believe, of LTR, long-term relationships. Yeah, I think so many people are, that we, we know we're having a loneliness epidemic and people are lonely and they feel disconnected. And I think the way you get connected is by really going to things with long-term, not short-term thinking. And that's what, how, you know, why we built, you said 2016. So we're, you know, having our seven year anniversary. Um, that's longer than most relationships last, right? But you go into it with some things in mind. I think you do this naturally. You don't know you do this. Um, one is you show up. When um, people say, hey, could you, could you help me out? If you can, do it. You, some things you can't. You know, I, I wish I could write everybody a check that asked me for a check, Jeff. I really do. I can't. You know, I, 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 I don't have those resources. I spend a lot of money on small changes and on our foundation and on this ground, groundwork we're doing. Um, but you show up. And it says if you're going to show up, so if you're going to show up for somebody for a cup of tea, you show up. If you're going to show up for somebody at, at an event, you show up. Um, if you're going to show up on a phone call, you show up. And, and not late. You show up. Um, I like to always say right on time or a few minutes early. I'm typically right on time. That's probably a little bit of my doctor schedule better than it used to be. By the way, my dad used to always, my stepdad used to always say, um, you know, you're always late. You're always late. You're always late. Um, I've, I've, I've remedied that because I know that's disrespectful. So show up. Number one, number two, be a go giver, go thinking, what can I go to give instead of going saying, what can Jeff give me? What can I give to Jeff today? How can I show up and, and be present for Jeff without going? If you get nothing, um, it's a win. And the third one is you just celebrate each other. It's just like you're celebrating my work. I'm grateful that you're celebrating the work that um, I've been called to do on this planet. Um, and, the, and the next one is, is you got to do one-on-ones. You got to meet people and you got to meet them on a one-on-one so you get to know their soul. You know, there's, I say it's soul to soul, not role to role. And so many times we have people in different hierarchies, but what I'm continually learning is we're all the same. We all have those four letters on our forehead, MMFI, whether you're a billionaire, a millionaire, or you're homeless. Um, we all are just trying to, I, you know, you know, as um, Ron Hall talks about it in his book, 
about homelessness. Basically, we're all walking home. And, and uh, as I think about walking home, I just want to make sure that I was a good steward of my time on the planet. And I think the best way to do that is to go into relationships like their lifetime relationships. Not everyone's going to be lifetime and that's okay. You got to be able to have that discernment. But um, a lot of them are just like the Finkston family, by the way, the one family I told you that I met in Kansas city that I met, that I, I worked for as a young person, took care of their kids. They took care of me when my mom was in the hospital. And then I moved to Kansas city. I knew that one family. Um, they're still in my life today. I talked to, I talked to um, Linda a couple times a week. I talked to her grandchildren. Um, Pat is in my life. I've not worked for Dr. Eugene Pat for 31 years. I talked to Pat this week. And so um, you, you got to get out of it. You got to get away from the thought what's in it for me and what's in it for them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's uh, you and I share very similar uh, philosophies of, of, of life. In terms of, um, we may have talked about this, but um, like to know your thoughts. If somebody that's going to graduate uh, May of 2023 from college, uh, what advice would you give them in terms of a career? And I, you may have touched on it earlier, but anything you would add or clarify? Well, yeah, I love LinkedIn. I know you love LinkedIn too. Um, I would make a goal if I was going to be graduating in five years, <laughs> let alone just a few months, I'd make a goal to have a one-on-one every single week with somebody. This People are so generous, but don't, but don't waste their time. Go in prepared. Um, and what I would do is I would, um, I, I want to do this now. And it's, I, once again, I want to land this life that one year is I would make a little kind of cheat sheet and put it in old time style, probably in your phone or some app or something, or maybe you have it in paper, but I would ask people three questions, you know, just like you're doing on this show, but I'd be really concise, you know, Hey Jeff, this is Michelle. I heard about you from so-and-so. And, um, I wondered, can I have 15 minutes of your time? And even if it's, it, 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 I would maybe say something like Zoom or is, is good at first. People want to do in person, but I think, I don't, I think most people will give you 15 minutes of time, especially virtually, because we're all good with that now. And then if you feel like they, the relationship needs to go further, you can always do in person. But just say, you know what, Jeff, can I ask you three questions? And those three questions, you've got to figure out what's, you know, I, I don't know the questions right now, but I think that there's probably three questions that people would want to know that would help them based on their career or based on their life. Or, um, you know, I would think about the questions I would have change at the age of, you know, 57 than they do at the age of 18 or 20 or 27. You know, um, I, you know, that may be an assignment I take on. I'm, I'm feeling it may be an assignment that I'm, I'm negotiating with myself. Don't put, give me one more assignment right now. So, um, but that would be what I would do is I would get to know people, um, but go with that LTR um, mindset. Yeah, I, I believe everyone, every college graduate should read uh, right after graduation or before graduation, uh, Bob Berg and uh, uh, John David Mann's book, The Go-Giver. I think it's a phenomenal mm-hmm. book. Um, well, well, and, and then how to win friends and influence people, I think, you know, but you can, it, it's common sense, mm-hmm. you know, do what you say you're going to do, over deliver on your promise, but without self-sacrificing yourself. I think that's where so many people that are people pleasers like myself, we, we sacrifice ourselves. And so that's a whole nother conversation, but I exactly right. If you, I, if, if you're starting on May 15th, you've waited, you've not waited too long. You're just behind the game. Uh, the other group I'd like to help uh, with advice from great leaders uh, like yourself and great people like yourself is somebody that's newly become a manager and now has responsible for a team of people under, uh, 
them? What advice would you give them to become great leaders? Know thyself. Know thyself. I do some personality profiles. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram, Strength Finders, Love Language. Um, looked at my predictive index earlier um, this week. I think just just know yourself, so you'll know where you're going to hic- have hiccups, so you can try to navigate those. Um, it's kind of like for me when I'm around. Um, I don't like leaving food on the counter. It's on the counter. I'm going to eat it, and I know that's a weakness for me. So I think you got to know yourself to, in order, and then start knowing your team, and, and really have those one-on-ones with them. And, and once again, have that that three that three question that you're also asking your team members. Um, so you can get to know what's important to them. Michelle, your, your gift. Uh, I am just uh, grateful that we met each other in uh, 2016. I, I love all the things you do. And thank you for your transparency and vulnerability. Um, you're wonderful. So thank you for being on. Well, well, thank you for Jeff for having me on and, and congratulations on your show. You know, we're celebrating 10 years on our show right now. I know it takes a lot of effort to put a show out and, and kudos to our friend, um, Alana Mueller, who connected us is just a, a gym in Kansas city and beyond. Absolutely. Thanks again. And have a great rest of your day. I just love talking to Michelle, whether it's over coffee at a networking event, I just think she's a gift to Kansas city as, as well as the nation. And here's a person, you know, chief wellness officer for your, wellness connection, her own practice with other uh, people of the healing arts. Uh, She runs small changes, big shifts, and the Big Shifts Foundation on the not-for-profit side talks about her uh, quadrants of well-being, published author. She also has done her own podcast since December 2013 to present. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. I, I feel enlightened after I talk to her, but what I loved about was her vulnerability right in the beginning about the 10, 10 minute mark of the, the episode where, you know, she talked about struggling every day and sometimes there's small struggles and sometimes there's, you know, big struggles, but she struggles just like everybody else and has dark thoughts. And I just thought, and I, and I will say going into her uh, interview, I was, I was being emotionally and mentally challenged with some things that I, that was happening to me personally. And I, I almost wanted to cancel the, or postpone the uh, interview, but I, I, I wanted to really talk to her and I knew her schedule, but it just, you know, it just amazes me. A lot of the guests we've had on Joe, you know, struggle with things and, you know, they portray, they're not portraying themselves, but they're portrayed by other people as very successful, which they are, but Again, it goes to show everybody goes through shit and they have to deal with it. What were your thoughts on the episode with Michelle? Well, uh, I have to admit, and and I'm going to be just kind of frank here, I don't know anything about the medical industry. I'm just totally clueless on, on anything like that. So when she was talking about going to school to be a chiropractor, and she was told that she might not be a successful chiropractor because she wasn't doing well in chemistry class. And I'm embarrassed to admit it, but the very first thing that ran through my brain at the time, my my brain's always kind of a messy place anyway, first thing that ran through my brain was, I don't know where that makes any difference because what does a chiropractor need chemistry for anyway? Uh, Because all they do is, after all, is 
they straighten out your spine. And what do you need chemistry for that for? Well, obviously, I came to my senses pretty quickly after that and uh, realized what was really going on. But that also made me realize, wow, she is not just a chiropractor. And actually, chiropractors in general tend to treat the whole person more than the regular MD does, I think. And she even goes way beyond that, that she's not only treating the whole person, she's treating the, uh, the person, um, the mental health. She's uh, ordering blood tests and treating the nutrition. She's treating corporations and the people in the corporations. She's giving back to society. She is giving so much more back than the regular person, I think. Wouldn't it be neat if every, everybody in the medical industry, or oh, heck, everybody in any industry would give back to society as much as what Michelle has given back. Um, it's just amazing the, the width and breadth of, of the type of work that she's doing. Yeah, and what I loved about the chemistry um, you know, story was you know, she was told, and she knew she wasn't good at it, and but she was told by you know i'll say an early mentor like she'll she'll never be a chiropractor because she's never gonna she's not good at chemistry and just shows you like you're on a path and you know she became an accounting ma uh, major business major uh with a uh, in accounting at washburn university in topeka and look and then she she had a calling and that calling now is a 35 plus year career she grinded through chemistry got her uh, doctor of uh, chiropractic. And it's just, it's a story. It's a, it's a great story. Joe, uh, based on all our conversation, I know you usually have a leadership tip at the, at the end. And what, what advice would you give our, our listeners? I'm reminded of a quote from the great philosopher Dwight Schrute, who one time said, R is among the most menacing of sounds. That's why they call it murder and not muckduck. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Corporate Couch. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love for you to take two minutes out of your day to rate us five stars and write a review. Please join me next week to learn from another great leader sharing their professional journey and insights.